Hey listeners, Chuck here. I just wanted to kind of correct something I, I said on the last cast when we were talking about stalling out games. The way I said it just came off a little wrong. Um, manipulating time rules is, is obviously goes against the spirit of the game, and I don't condone that in one way, and you shouldn't be doing that. I just wanted to come out and say, if you, if you kind of took it that way, it's not what I meant, and you shouldn't be manipulating time rules to win games. You always want to play within the rules, have fun, and generally just try and have a good time. So again, I apologize for that, and uh, we'll go ahead and get into the cast. Attention, Pokemon players. You are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. On today's episode, Chuck plays with his punishment. Jake throws a challenge. And the 2024 season structure is set. And that was a bombshell, uh, I think. But how are you doing today, Chuck? <laughs> I, I am doing good. That is big news that we will obviously get to later. The mm-hmm. week that was, uh, as you mentioned, uh, I gave Paldean Claude Sire a run for its money. Um, I won a game. Let's go! Out of how many? Uh, five. I tied oh, again. Don't tell me it was the buy. Uh, it was not a buy. Okay, round one, and it got my hopes up. But it was uh, a, <laughs> it was against Mew. So okay, okay, <laughs> okay, I, yeah, he, exactly. He over, uh, he flipped over Mew, and I was like, I looked at uh, a friend that was there, and I, and I looked at her, and I was like, so you say I got a chance? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can at least just hit you with Paldean Clodsire. Um, that went downhill from there. Uh, yeah, it went it, it, that's what worked. Uh, basically, threw away the the whole thing. the 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 punishment made the deck worse. So, uh, I obviously had the four of Paldea and Claude Sires to the three Whoopers because yeah. the deck really doesn't need four Claude Sires. No, it's a wasted card. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was two wasted cards. I didn't. Um, we I used a Alolan Radicate with it, obviously, to do the. One punch, poison knockout in between turns. Um, it set up uh, rather well. Um, well, shout out to the team for helping me with a list, um, sending me some thoughts. So basically ran with that. Uh, I did like the idea of using Spirit Mask, which would have helped plentifully in a few games uh, that I could not actually get the poison out. Um but could do the eradicate attack. Right. Um, especially against like Chin Pao. Uh, I think I had a matchup against Chin Pao that would have been nice. because uh, that was like the only thing that was gonna attack. Uh, and I could basically say you wouldn't, but I cut them in favor of two more Claude Sires because I figured they were the <laughs> least useful cards. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, Klaus, oh man. Well, it's a punishment for a reason, right? That you should have been uh, better. I I won the Mew matchup. I tied uh, the Gardevoir matchup. Okay. um, And then lost the rest. It was was fun, but frustrating because the deck was good enough that I was like, I can win. Every single time I got to like one or two prizes remaining and then I lose. But it's just um yeah so it was fun I, I, it got done if you if you're really in for a fun time and you, if you like the you want to do some poison shenanigans uh check it out 
it's fun. Eradicate yeah. it, it's really eradicate deck, but Claude Sire just makes it work. Very cool. Um, well, other than you having to play out your punishment from the NAIC draft that we did, uh, did you have any other happenings for the week? Uh, no. That was the uh, that was our last locals, and now it started pre-release mayhem. So they mm-hmm. actually had a someone did a midnight pre-release. So there were people at locals playing Friday night that left. Um, we had a large crowd for Friday night too. So right, thanks right. for having me. Like uh I had a good chance for some store credit, but yeah, clot sire. But uh anyway. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh yeah, there's a lot of people that kind of like uh dipped and went to the midnight uh pre-release because that's what everyone's going. But I did not do that because I worked the morning, so I was like, I can't play Pokemon at right two in the morning. And then uh Saturday Sunday was the first pre-release. I did not make it to. Um we I don't know. I was having fun with the family. Uh, and then next week, this weekend coming up is all pre-release. So there it is. Yeah, I might do one next weekend. I think there's one at the um, at Four Horsemen or one of our local stores. Um, but other than that, yeah, I miss, I didn't do any this weekend. Um, I decided to go play in another challenge, which, uh, you know, I brought Chimp out. I've been on the Chimp out train. I actually almost brought Lost Box because I've been playing that a lot. Um uh, just turbo lost box it feels really good um but decided uh you know after talking to some teammates uh you know chen pao is what i've been on it's been it's been feeling really good uh, overall and uh the deck felt great again um you know round one and two close games uh pulled them out round three um i made an aggressive error uh trying to um you know jump ahead of of lost box um and m- one of my teammates drew um and by taking out his mana fee but uh you know after after thinking it through and actually actually executing the boss i instantly regret it, regretted it because i knew okay i just put myself in a bad position uh and he super punished me um but you know uh, it is what it is uh i won't be making that mistake again uh but the the frustrating one after that uh, i went into a chimp uh mirror match uh went second and you know going second in that match it's not always great especially if you know they they take the first ko um but ended up you know having a pretty good first turn uh going second setting up my board state having a one prizer in the active um and then my opponent wasn't able to gust just because they were trying to still kind of set up uh get that uh get that playoff with the the iona or the ire ire uh and you know, then they ended up taking the knockout and I, you know, we both played it well. Uh, it was a clean game. Um, you know, he took the first prize. I took two, he took two, I took two, he took two and going into my final turn. Um, I had, I had win in hand and this is probably the most frustrating moment for me in Pokemon, uh, TCG so far, um, because this one's a hundred percent on me. So I had um, a sizable hand. I think I only had like six or seven cards in hand, um, I had an ultra ball and I knew that a champ was in there and I also had energy retrievals, the super energy retrievals. Um, but because I was trying to just double check myself, um, to, before I wasted the ball in my head in the moment, uh, which was still a bad play, I decided I was going to play an Irida to check the stuff, get the Pokemon, get the item and then start discarding it like that. Um, but then I made a mistake. I thought I played Irida. But I played Iono, and <laughs> after picking up my deck oh, no. and looking through, um, 
you know, uh, my opponent's like, that's I Iono. And I had literally no reason to play that card because obviously I'm going to Iono myself down to two. Um, and then I've been in trouble. Um, so I literally thought I put Iono down or I Irida down, but I played Iono. I don't know why I made that mistake. Um, even looking back at it, I, I keep kicking myself for it. Um, it was, like I said, the worst misplay I've ever made. Um, and it wasn't like I was misplaying because it was sequencing. It was just, I literally thought it was a different card. And I don't know why. I keep coming back to it. I don't know why I thought it was a different you card. You didn't even have an Irida in hand? No, there was one in deck. There was one in deck. And for some reason, I'm like, okay, I have it. Um, and I it's not even it didn't even matter because honestly it was a misplay to play uh irida there anyways because i had ultra ball in hand uh to get my pokemon out and uh to get my final chimpow out which he was in deck and i knew it but i was trying to be safe the safety net kind of thing uh and not discarding cards because i needed to do that with uh the super energy retrieval but ultimately obviously it cost me the game because i got a double prize penalty gave my opponent the uh you know the the last prizes they needed uh when i had uh win in hand um ended up winning the next round but it didn't matter because at that point it just pushes me out of point contention um not that you know challenges are going to be the biggest end all be all when it comes down to the end of the season because with and we're going to talk about it later but with uh you know six finishes it should be fine i already have three um just need to improve them get them you know to the dubs but um again ultimately in the season i don't think it's going to affect me it just kind of really put myself in a in a bad mood on myself because it was 100 percent me you know what i mean like i felt yeah. like the game was clean on both ends um and i played it really well up to that point um and i'm really i feel really good against the mirror or really in most matches um but you know i get it punished with the misplay because i'm aggressive and then i just pull that um so hopefully you know i i don't do that kind of thing in the future because um <laughs> It's very frustrating when you lose a game that you literally had win in hand. Just look at the card next time. That's all. Yeah. I mean, we always say read the card, but maybe uh, just look at it. <laughs> I just, you know, it starts with an saw eye, the eye right? and was like, okay, that's I the saw card. the eye. And that's all I saw. Like I, I got it. That's it. That's it. I have, I've got win, but no, uh, yeah, I missed that. I missed that one up uh, pretty bad, uh, but you know, it is what yeah. it is. Uh, I, yeah, I recognize it. Happened. That's all right. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, there are a couple other things I want to talk about um, for my week. I'm not huge, but uh, Pokemon related, um, you know, from my challenge when I went up to Steuben's store, um, he had, you know, stream games going on and I happened to play one of them. They weren't live, uh, but they were getting recorded. And I happened to uh, be on my first ever like TCG, like IRL uh, stream game, uh, even if it was recorded. And then he... Uh, you know, he dubbed over with a commentary and posted it up uh, alongside all the other um, action there. Um, so got my first win, uh, spoiler alerts, on on stream. Uh, so it felt pretty cool uh, to do that and get to rewatch and then, you know, have the team uh, maybe scrutinize over, you know, some potential misplays or not, which I still got to um, <laughs> defend myself on. I It's been a long day. Uh, so, um but yeah, that was that was fun. Um, but yeah, now they got tape on you. They do. They, they have a little bit of tape. Um, so we'll see. Uh, nothing too crazy, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, but like I was saying, going after losing 
on Friday because I was Friday at the at the challenge um, and there was nothing else really locally for for CP or anything like that. Uh, so I took a day off and just kind of played Pokemon Go with the new routes uh, thing. I know we're not a, a Go podcast, but I really it's hard to find the routes right now, but there is one close to me and it's actually kind of enjoyable. I still haven't found any of the, uh, the Zygarde uh, cells or anything that you need there. Um, but still kind of a different wrinkle to the game that's actually kind of enjoyable to me. I don't know. Have you done any? I have not. I have not even seen a route nearby to do. Uh, I cannot create a route. So mm -hmm. uh, not not really. I've been I took a, a pretty long hiatus basically since I moved. Right. Uh, playing Go. It was basically sporadic, but uh Someone told me Mega Tyranitar is back, so the game has been reloaded. Or he's not back; he's in. <laughs> I, yeah, I just got him in a raid today, right before, uh, right before the uh, the yeah. cast recording here. So uh, the game is back on. I need to find me a Mega Tyranitar, and they've already gifted me with two shinies. So I have a shiny Archeops now to go. There it is. My uh, shiny Aerodactyl, which sure. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, but you know, it's a fun little distraction because you know, you can't always play TCG, correct? Correct, you can't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, granted, you could play both games on your phone, but <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do them, sim one of them simultaneously. One of them may perform better than the other, <laughs> eh, arguable because uh, the route system uh, launch was a little, uh, <laughs> a little crazy. That, too. that actually is an argument since they've updated the game with the, the new features because they're both. I've had to, uh, I've had to reload the game multiple times just to put something into a showcase Pokestop. So right, right. I do enjoy that the showcase thing too. So I mean, there are a couple things that you know I, I, I'm very casual with the game, uh, but you know, every so often it's good to just jump on there and kind of, yeah. you know, it's aimlessly a, wander around and to, do what. It's a fun game that you can actually be pretty casual with. Obviously, there's a very hardcore competitive side. Right. We all see it happen at regionals, which is. I, their energy is great. I I enjoy um, go energy at regionals. I don't know about everyone else. But... Oh, it's actually kind of soothing in, in a weird way when you're playing a match and you just hear the like for the <laughs> the battles. Uh, it's it's not too bad. I, I I kind of enjoy that as like a background, uh, you know, ambiance kind of a thing. I I was I meant more of the like I do I do hear the do, 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 every now and then of of the the bot the dots being popped and stuff like that but yeah um I just meant like the 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 energy they bring when something unexpected unexpected happens or someone calls a switch right away they get the big cheers in the crowd going like right 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 yeah like, I mean if only we can have kind that of, kind of uh, intensity in the crowd for the TCG yeah I mean. Uh, I probably only happen when you top deck an Arceus off of a nest stash, but hey. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which, um, but yeah. by the way, happened to me this Friday. And I was like, I literally looked at the Squovit and I was like, God dang nest stash. <laughs> I still feel like as much as I love the idea of having nest stash, especially in, in combination with Babarel, um, the amount of players I see just use it for the nest stash to one um you know either for their first first turn or whatever i i don't like the card i really just don't know well, um, i mean it's he, not good he, the guy totally had the barrel on the field too he was gonna right. go to five but he nest stash looks at his one card and then goes evolve and i'm like 
off the nest edge <laughs> and then draws the five. So Right, right, right. That's just crazy. Oh, well, he drew the five, so that's fine. It wasn't <laughs> like the nest dash wins it for him by itself, like no, YOLO right. to, I, I, to whatever he just, needed. He didn't have to, like, he had more draw to do. It was just uh, quite funny to see it come off the uh, nest dash. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> Understandable. All right, Chuck. Well, with that being said, that's a pretty cool recap. I think we had um, you know, a pretty cool week in Pokemon overall. I mean, it, for me, uh, mm-hmm. a little disappointing, but uh, overall, um, still, you know, growing pains. Um, but with that said, uh, we are jumping into the 2024 season shortly. Or actually, um, currently, I know we both uh, have played in events, um, and we didn't know exactly what we were playing, you know, the goal uh, points, uh, but... We do now. Yes, yes. The, the complete breakdown is announced. So we have a complete uh, point requirements for the season. Uh, that number being 600 for uh, us North American listeners or NA zone. Yeah. Uh, yep. Masters, 450 for seniors and juniors. Um, and then uh, Europe is a pretty big jump too, I think, yep. from last yep. year. Uh, 500 is the European and then 350 for Latin America, 300 for Oceania, and then Middle East and South Africa have 250. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, got the points finally. So we know what the goal is. Right. Uh, and I, I've i been through a lot of emotion today after finding out uh, how many at first. So at first I saw 600. Um, and with I mean, we'll talk about best finishes because it went from projected eight, how it was before, to six. Um, and that's where I still have the biggest issue. Um, so at first I was very upset because I was like, well, I'm not going to make, uh, I don't know if I can make a push at that threshold because, you know, I, you know, eight finishes, you know, I was expecting X points from, you know, local levels and now it's even further. So, um, it's, you know, kind of forcing you to do well at some bigger events. Um, but, you know, after listening to some of the community, um, on both sides, I'm okay with the number. Um, but I want to hear your opinion first. Um, I'm okay with the number as it is. Um, I, I don't know if necessarily it's too high. I, I, I would also have been okay with 500, but that would have put local events like you could, I think it's 390 points you can get totally from league challenges and cups because it's six times or six best finish best finish limit is six on cups challenges and regionals by the way uh if you didn't see yeah. that but um so that's 50 it's 300 yeah, points win. from it's 300 points from cups if you get win 390 cups. points if you you maxed out cups and challenges at six of your of your uh top finishes yeah. so in that case that would leave you only needing 110 points from regionals and or ICs. So that does seem a little low. I mean, obviously maxing out cups and challenges of that 390. I don't know if that's 100% feasible. So that's that's yeah. where I have the issue. I don't I don't care about the 600 points per se, but like for the it's, it's there's an argument like is is worlds for the elite players or are any mid players, you know, 
expect him to make it to worlds um so i guess that's the argument but like if you want to have you know a, a certain percentage of like the mid players like you know players like me and you um which weren't you know obviously we're not elite players at this point Don't of our Pokemon, <laughs> we're, we're not elite players at this point of our pokemon <laughs> career we can be eventually <laughs> i mean i think if we are able to you know devote a lot of time over a long period of time we'll get there um but yeah i, I feel like you know those elite players will get it pretty easily um, but for players like us, if we're expecting or, you know, mid players, um, they're having eight is still reasonable, um, you know, to probably still expect three, 350 um, point wise um, off of that, off of eight top finishes, because you're not going to max out. Most people don't really anyways, um, and then still have to do well at regional levels. Um, but I don't know. Um, I feel like it's still pretty attainable, especially if you put the time and effort into it. Um, especially if you go to, a, a, you know, if you're going to grind the events, um, it, it will definitely be harder. And um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, it does, it does make the invite seem a little bit more earned, but um, for the, for the, the main hardcore players that, that are like, you know, we're talking, you know, the Azuls of the world and things like that. This is, this is no drop. This is no big deal to them. I don't think they ever cared what the point total was because you. this is literally looking at the chart. This is six top 128 finishes over six regionals, and you have an invite to, to Worlds. So that is purely attainable for any, you know, hardcore player that's going to go to every regional. But I do see a point when you're saying is like, People that are in the game for more or less the love of the game, not necessarily. I'm we're like we all right. want to be a world champion. We'd all love to be. Some of us just don't necessarily have the time and the money to do. I get that the commitment that is required of it. I mean, I mean, there is an essence of being able to be, you know, lucky on the day uh, for Pokemon, but you're not gonna like the way that the world championship works is it's very doesn't necessarily give you that per se as much. Uh, so you, I've kind of lost my train of thought, but uh, you, for the mid play mid level player, like just, you just want to be able to get there and then participate like that, right. like it, being able to get there and play in the tournament. Um, and then hopefully that's the tournament you get super lucky. In or right. Something right. Like that. Um, well, not to like quote off of other podcasts because I don't usually, but uh, you know, try to do that. But you know, listening to you know Azul talking about it, um, as far as if you if you feel like you're a player that could win worlds or if that's like you know something that you think you can do, um, you probably should expect to get like a, a really good finish. Maybe not necessarily win a regional, but if you topped eight a regional, top you know you know top 16 or uh, a regional two um you'll you'll pretty easily get in there especially if you're playing your local points uh so there is that as well um and as far as time commitment as you were kind of saying um i don't think this necessarily changes it because if you're if you're unable to go to a lot of regionals and or like locals um you weren't going to get there off locals by itself anyways so mm -hmm. you still kind of have to have that element of skill um even with the higher thing, you know, one, you know, with locals and like one or two good finishes, you should easily make it into uh day two. Um, I mean, obviously it sounds a lot easier than it, you know, you can just get top eight. Yeah. At a thousand man tournament, only, only eight players do that. 
Um, and it's not easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is not easy. Um, even uh, my experience is not even easy to make top eights and cuts or cu cups anymore. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, uh, it's not easy, but it, uh, getting that world's invite also should kind of feel like an achievement. That's the one thing I've heard a couple people say, and I've mm -hmm. seen posted and I do agree with that a little bit and that it should feel somewhat of achievement. You shouldn't be able to kind of just show up and get it is what I'm trying to like. I right, guess the right, right. I get I'm just going to show up at all these events and then by because I showed up, I'm participating and then I can show up at Worlds. Now, the, the one caveat I do have, and I think they all address both sides, but um, and I kind of heard Mellow Magikarp say something to this effect where um, you know, if you're grinding and a lot of, for a lot of people, NAIC is like the make or break moment, right? You need yeah. X amount of points to finish off your invite. Um, you know, say you're, say you're, you know, you just need to make uh top 256, right? To make, to make it. But if we were like this year, you put in for a, uh, for a uh, application to play in and you get, you, you don't make it. Like if they, <laughs> if, it, if the demand's this big and we don't even, have enough spots for the players that are making the push. Um, that would be a really feels bad moment um, where, you know, you legitimately had a, a, a good chance that you could have probably expected that. Um, and then you just don't make it into the tournament because, you know, everything is, you know, on a lottery system and the demands really high. Yeah. So uh, my, my counterpoint to that, I, which is one of the, the two things that they've added one, well yeah. added and subtracted, which is what, I think will hopefully help not necessarily curb the uh, excitement and the, the demand, because I think that'll be there, but the automatic one, I love the fact that regional winners uh, and IC winners automatic invite. Um, yeah. Uh, doesn't I love that. Win. I absolutely love that. Love that. Um, because then like, if you win, like you can kind of be, I'm done. You don't have to worry about anything. And that, and and whatnot. And then the second thing, I, I can go into that a little bit more, but the second thing is the day two invite. Like the let me be top 16 day two, the ab abolition or the removing of day two in general. Right. Like everyone is going to be put into the same pool at Worlds. That I think will help um in a little bit because if you have your like if you have your invite at any point in time throughout the year. The only thing that you are going to continue to play for is more money and around one buy. Board. And to anyone who does that, honestly, if you just don't go, you'll save money. Like you're spending money to make the same amount of money. And it depends. If you're the top 5% of players, you're still probably making money. But you're going um, on those. But like the for thing. the for the rest of us, I mean, yeah, if you win, if you if like you or me won uh Pittsburgh Regionals, yeah, cool, we're we're there. That'd be a pump moment. And you don't have to put the pressure on yourself. Um, but again, like if a player like you or me wins it and gets our auto invite, we don't need to go to these other tournaments. So there'll be less, you know, potentially. That's what I mean. Um, I won't have to try expert. harder. If, if I happen, like this is my total thought. If I happen to win, when I win Pittsburgh Regionals, because of my mindset, when I win, I will have an invite to Worlds. And the rest of the season is just for fun for me. I won't have to try hard at NAIC in general i might I still go if i don't like whatever oh, it's still i'm not i'm not there for for points or, or i don't need to get in or anything like that um 
and I can just bank money the whole time. Like, bro, I can bank money for a year and make a travel award, or I can spend possibly twice as much as that to make half of it back. Just trying to go Again, to work. it depends like, on how good of a player because if you're consistently getting top sixteen and getting into the money, it's it, especially if you're getting top eight, top fours, you know, competing to win. Uh, you know, players like that are going to make the money, which is fine. Uh, but it's yeah. all. I'm sure I, people I, can I don't make know money, but I how much I've seen, <laughs> I people. I'm sure people can make money. I'm 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 sure that they can make that travel award and and spend less to get. I, like that's i'm sure there will be someone who says i'm i'm a little bit wrong um on that but in essence i do think you don't have to like you don't have yeah. to go hard just for the travel award i well, think that's the thing nice is like element. i i'm interested to see on the on the top and how many of those players um really shoot to go to a bunch of these regionals because honestly there you know we have three new new tiers and what you 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 make you win you know you get your points threshold or you win a regionals you get uh, like the tier three and then top 16 is you get like a uh, i think it was like what a travel travel reward there stipend which is there's a stipend yeah there's a number on that that's under it's uh i think it's under 16 to yeah. a certain number i can't remember the number that's a thousand bucks that's a stipe that's the stipend but then, and then the other the last the top tier... 16 the top 16 depends on where one it depends on where worlds is because if it's in your region it's less money if it's not in your region it's more money right um so that depends on where you're from and where they but, decide to put worlds. but the big one is for the the tier one uh instead of getting an automatic day two since you kind of alluded to it's all the same poll they do get a round one buy but i don't know if chasing so many tournaments is worth it for a round one buy um because those players essentially probably should win the first round anyways um going in you know to those mat uh those days at worlds so uh, i'll be interested to see the top end like chasing that the, that buy round Playing, uh, playing in tournament series that did offer that for winning tournaments, uh, round one buy is nice, but it's also somewhat of a curse because um, round one is usually the easiest round for you that day. Correct. Like, uh, it can also be really hard, but traditionally, it is your easiest round. It's like it's like a, and it, but when you take that round off and you just sit there and watch everyone else play, um, I find that. It's a little bit more detrimental. I, I've seen a lot of people complain, like not complain, but say that, like, I don't know if I liked having the round one buy in that sort of system and, and things that in games I've played where you earn those things. Right. Um, I'm, and it's just to teach their own on that. Yeah. I mean, not in Pokemon, but in, back when we played X Wing, I, I got a round one buy to a regional level, um, you know, uh, competition. Uh, through store championships and stuff like that. And, you know, it was nice getting to wa- walk around the table and see, or, you know, the, the play, you know, the room and see what lists and, and, and stuff were being played. Um, but depending on the player, you can kind of get into your own head too uh, and get nervous because you're not playing. Uh, everybody else is jumping in there, get, getting into the, you know, the tournament groove and you're sitting there still uh, with a little bit of an unknown. Uh, and, and, you know, depending on the, the you know type of person you are, that could de- be that detrimental uh as well yeah well just uh, in my own experience in a in a in a card game aspect because when i played competitive um game of thrones i earned a, a, a round one buy being a store champ 
mm-hmm. going into regional level things. And it was just weird. Like I, you, you sat there and watched, but then when I sat down round two, like I felt like my opponent was like already well oiled. And I was literally just like, all right, cranking the rust off here. And like, you're right. in it already where, and that round two, like winning that first game is a lot bigger of a deal in general. Like, um, in, in my mind, like it, it, it's, it's a, it puts a little bit more added pressure on you, even though you're supposed to have less pressure because you've already gotten one win. Like hundred percent. I agree. Um, but I don't know. I'm still excited for the season. Uh, like I said, there was a, you know, roller coaster of emotions, but after thinking through listening to, you know, um, players at the top players, you know, just starting out and, you know, middle of the road players, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a overall still going to be a positive thing. And if you you know get your world's invite, you definitely earned it. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add upon you know our twenty twenty four season? Uh, I do like the addition. Um, so uh, if there is there's two line, they added uh, a ten top a kicker onto ICs and regionals for mm-hmm. one thousand twenty four. So in in you'll get twenty points now if you're top five up to up to five twelve. So if you finish in the top half of the field at an at a regional, you're at least getting uh, at a regional that has a thousand and twenty four more players, which we've been hitting. So this seems like a good thing to add. Uh, you will earn twenty twenty points. So the amount of regionals that like we went to last season oh we would have hit more points easily yeah like the the wasted well not what i don't want to call them wasted but the zero the the zero point regional trips will be fewer and far between obviously you can at least bang 20 points and then hopefully get some better finishes because there is a best finish limit of six i do want to they they did the same thing with ic's i want to point out though because the ic's um the kicker is 2046. I believe they this had last top. NAIC was under that. Um, and that was with a because they capped it, right? Then obviously yeah. there were many people that didn't make it. Um, so with that kicker at 2046, I think that means Pokemon is expecting uh to see that um in some of the bigger ICs, um, so EU and uh, NA. Um, so I think that's a positive sign that they're probably anticipating you know doubling or you know expanding the space to allow more people in uh so that's only a good thing right yeah that's and, 50 I mean, points too yeah this that that kind of dovetails into the next thing because we did get uh that came with the announcement is a little bit more events more events were announced yes. uh, onto the schedule and the big thing that i wanted to point out about the events is so they've added uh charlotte or i think there's santa i think they added san i don't know san antonio um san antonio portland Portland, charlotte knoxville vancouver orland orlando orland orlando indianapolis and and los angeles Uh, the main thing i want to say about those those are all very big cities with very big conventions knoxville again um I had a really good time there, even though I missed cut and missed out on points there. It was still a really good uh, venue. Uh, I mean, it was underground, so it was a little stuffy, and there was a little bit 
issues with uh like wi-fi and stuff like that but um yeah i mean i feel like there's still a lot of opportunities especially in our area uh to easily travel to a lot of these so um we'll see i'm excited uh you know that we have presumably uh you know the whole schedule of na uh regionals uh and it definitely seems reasonable yeah, for us to make a little something. bit light for the whole schedule but it's lower than last year but it's still full, a good full year planned out of things that you can go to and plus like it's a lot of these cities are are big cities and things to do so announcing this this early especially like for like next may and you can visit la or or april in orlando like like these are things that you can plan more than just going to play pokemon for the weekend so, definitely which is nice Maybe I'll try to make it out to Vancouver because I still have never been as big of a Canucks fan as I am <laughs> in April. Yeah. Uh, so, so, or I'm sorry, late March. Uh, late so March. we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm excited again. Um, you know, at first I was a little disappointed, but after you know mulling it over, I think we're 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 still in an okay spot. Yeah. But I'm still, right. I'm still pumped about the first one on the schedule, though. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the, that's that's the highlight for, again for sure. Um, but all right, uh, I think it's enough uh, 2024 season talk. Um, we'll jump into our pit stop and get into all our fun stuff. Um, with that being said, we got some trivia on board today. Uh, it's time for trivia, trivia. trivia. Chuck, hopefully I can redeem myself um, from Hailblade and yeah. missing my my favorite ice cat. It's, it's a cat. I don't care what everybody else says. He is an ice cat. Um but yeah, <laughs> well, we see what this pack of cards brings for me. So this is my my takeaway from uh, playing Pod Sire for the weekend. So we mm -hmm. have a pack here to open and we shall see what I get this time. Uh, if I can get any kind of uh, good hit or not. Still waiting for. Well, that was nice. Um, still waiting for something. But here we go. Uh I'm going to give you an attack name, and it is Berserker Tackle. Berserker Tackle. Hmm. I don't necessarily have anything straight off the top. Um, it still obviously kind of sounds like it's a fighting type, maybe a firefighting uh, type. Can I? Can you tell me what set it's from? It's probably evolved. Oh, probably, okay. I didn't know that. I did not know that. You can have well, packs from anything. I thought, I thought it was assumed that I, uh, I thought I mean, I'd go to the pack. Okay. No, I wasn't looking because I always look down to try to focus. Um, but you can guess. You, I can tell you the stage. Okay. Yeah. If type, you can tell me what type it is, it is a water type. What? Berserker. What was the attack name? Berserker tackle. Berserker tackle in Paldeo evolved. I can read what the what, attack does. What, what water Pokemon? It's not... Um, yeah, if you can tell me what the attack does. So uh, it costs... It's a four energy attack. It does 200 damage. And then this Pokemon also does 50 damage to itself. It's like... Ugh. It's not the... Was it Welmer that you're not... Not Welmer. Um... Not that big whale, because that was uh that was just base set Scarlet Violet. Um dude. 
I have no clue. Um, doesn't sound good. You got one more. I can give you the stage. You give me the stage. It's probably stage two. Stage one. Stage one. It's a newer Pokemon, and I'm not. I'm not good with most Pokemon names. Um, I give you an extra hint. It's not even a new Pokemon. Stage one water Pokemon that's not new. Berserker tackle. Stage one. I don't even remember what's in the set right now. This I, I fold under pressure so much when it comes to trivia and also playing uh, Irida. Um, but <laughs> it is other attack it has this another attack. It is called Revengeful Storm. I don't know if that helps at all. Not really. No, I'm I'm not going to get it. It regardless, I don't think it is everyone's favorite evolution of Magikarp. Ah, yeah. Gyarados. Okay, well, obviously. Now, why didn't I think of a stage Gyarados. one? See, again, I just, I am the worst at this because I like, I get in tunnel vision and then if it's not what I think it is, it's just like, I can't get back on track. I don't want to. Yeah. I, being that it was, uh, I, I, Berserker Tackle, I thought would be the more helpful hint because Gyarados is usually known for being a little. And you said four attack costs. I should have known it at that. Like that, that's pretty bad on my That's kind of why I gave it to you. Yeah. Too, yeah, yeah. He's known for being high, high energy attack. Again, and, like I said, uh, I get very, very kind of like Berserker Rageful kind of Pokemon. Right. So I get tunnel vision, man. I, I, and I definitely lock up. So sorry, everybody. But I, I mean, I'm sure at this point, everybody uh, enjoys my mishaps on the trivia. <laughs> I, I want to know how many people were yelling uh, that it was Garrett. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I'm sure we were... I'm sure I'm going to hear it because I heard a lot of grief uh, this week after people stopped or started or finished up the episode last week. Where I missed Chimpow's uh, Hellblade, and they're like, "Dude, how'd you miss that?" I'm like, "I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. I just phrase up." But all right, I think it's time for us to, you know, move on, and it's my turn uh, to ask you. And I don't think I've asked this one before, but I thought it was interesting enough. Um, so this Pokemon's attack name is Sonic Strike. Like back to back sonic attacks. Yeah. I went with Guard Trump last time, and I know that is now Sonic Slip because I had to look it up. So Sonic Strike still could be Guard Trump, but Guard Trump V. But maybe it's not because there's Noivern that does things sonically. And then there's, I don't know, uh, there's Loudred and Exploud, but I don't think they've been printed in a while that you would actually pull one of those out to give me as a trivia question. I have plenty of bulk over here, my friends. You just traded it all in, I thought. All right. Ah, I still have a, like a half a box already still. <laughs> a half of a six loader. Um, or six row, I guess, not loader. <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'm gonna go with Noivern. Okay, just you're gonna well, go. I guess I should do a hint. Right? I was gonna say I mean, you don't want hints, but I should have a hint. Give me a type. Dragon type. <laughs> okay. Uh and ah, screw it. I'm just gonna go Noivern, not EX, just regular Noivern. I gotta got you off track because Garchomp B. Ah, I... <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was. You knew it was. I think everybody did. 
but trying to trick you up with, uh, you know, Go and Garchomp, you know, so close within each other. Um, I know I did a skitty uh, kind of in between that, but still, um, you know, going to two Garchomps back to back, trying to throw you off. Um, didn't really, though, because even though you missed it, um, you were still really close. You you mentioned it. Yes, uh, I was close, but I did not think you would pull. After I went in on Garchomp hard on the last time you pulled a Sonic, I did not think you would pull Garchomp again, which is why I went Noidrum. But oh exactly. well, I gotta I gotta change it up on you a little bit. Uh, <laughs> maybe like go back to the well because it's unexpected. But um, with that being said, I think it's time to get into who will win, and it's my turn to pick who will win. Um, so I'm gonna go outside of the Pokemon um world it's not going to be part of um you know any of the video games or characters or or pokemon i'm going back to our tcg community and specifically to podcasts i mean we we gave steuben and and gazer beam some love slash hate um you know a couple weeks back and you know it it reared his head again so i'm gonna go to another podcast and pick and this time we're going over to the lake of rage and i know Obviously, one's got to be Mellow Magikarp because he's there almost every week as the main host. Uh, but as their very special, not permanent guests, I was I'm picking my favorite, um, you know, regular host, I guess, um, aside from um, from Mellow over there. And that is Saxhack17 over there on uh, Twitter and Twitch and stuff like that. Um, really good TCG player, like his opinions. Um Obviously, he plays a little bit of wacky decks from here and that, uh, here and there. Um, and, and if you haven't noticed him, he's usually wearing a really bright jersey at all these regionals. Um, so, <laughs> who would win in a fight, Mellow Magikarp or Saxac Seventeen? <laughs> oh, geez, I don't. Between the two of, I, um, I. I am going to go, right, so I'm going to take, I'm going to go based off of Pokemon, I don't, not enough, not enough Pokemon, I don't know, TCG I'm going to take career. a wild guess, so don't, uh, don't, don't, come I'm cool taking any, either side, so whoever you pick, it's not like I have like a set, well, no, I'm, I, I'm just saying, either Mellow and Saxac, don't, don't think I have some vendetta up my sleeve, because I'm going to pick Saxac, because I was, on this episode, when we had him on the cast, cool dude, uh, fun. You like you said, he likes to play wacky decks, which leads me to think he will think think outside the box in a way to beat the very intelligent minded Mellow Magikarp. Uh, so that is my that is my reason. You went to he plays wacky decks while he would win it in a fight in a battle. Uh, you know, not no, to... I'm not saying he's gonna. <laughs> he's not doing wacky things he is able to think outside the box come up with a crafty way to be able to beat mellow magic i don't know how he's intelligent okay in in coming up with a very I, good game plan so okay i i feel like you know saxac's choice the choice of saxac is fine uh but your argument for him was pretty weak um he might be he intelligent is. and he is intelligent but that has nothing to do when mellow magikarp just throws a haymaker out of nowhere, hits him, you know, square across the face. And he's not going to be able to think his way out of that, especially now that he's dazed and confused. Um, I think, uh, you know, now that that Mello um, is a dad, 
he has that like fighting instinct to protect something and Saxac is not so uh, mellow is a hundred percent going to go in there um, with the mindset. I have to protect my child and this is life or death for my child. And that is the edge that Mellow's going to have um, when it comes to Saxac. So, uh, you know, that battle right there. So the, the battle's going to boil down to Saxac's nickname is Saxac. So he's got two sacks to hit a magic carp that can splash and is very mellow. So again, you're going off names. Yeah, off names. Saxac's got it. Off names, you know, Magikarp has no, no, he has no (laughs) chance. Like a Magikarp has no chance, but Kevin Clemente is going to kick his butt. (laughs) No beef with either of them. I like both, they're both awesome players, awesome people. Um, This is meant to be fun, not nothing aggressive. (laughs) I know. I'm sure, I hope they, they get a kick out of it. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) But uh, I want to hear what the community thinks. Um, And, also, I want to you know, kind of add to this. Um, I know this is not our, you know, we're not part of Lake of Rage, but I want to know, um, you know, of our the dual listenership between Lake of Rage and, and Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Who is your favorite, you know, perma guest host um, that they have, you know, outside of Mello uh, that, you know, shows up pretty regularly? Um, obviously, Saxac is mine. Um, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Yeah, let us know in the, the comments or... Or hit us up on Twitter. For sure. But I think it's time, um, you know, to take a break from that fun stuff. Um, get into our sponsors. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at Sports Car Junction. Com. And don't forget to check out our weekly league Thursdays at 6.30. All right, we are back. Uh, thanks again, Sports Car Junction, for being an awesome sponsor. Um, hope you enjoyed your week at NSCC. I believe is those are the letters. The Sports Card Convention in Chicago. Just got back and ready to kick it back into full swing at the store. So, yes. um, it is now when we get into the news... But uh, we covered the news in the first half of the podcast because that is the big news story of the week. Um, there is no other big things revealed, considering we, we are on the eve of... We are I mean, in, we got, what, Espeon, Umbreon promos at GameStop, but the, are we really going to talk about that for very long? No. Um, yeah, we got some new game, GameStop promos coming out. Go to GameStop, get them. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Um, so we will move. Uh, away from the news and just into our next big topic. Let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation. Right, right. So next week is going to be World's Week, and we could talk about, um, you know, meta, um, you know, perceived meta going into that. I mean, there's still lots of talk over Twitter and all that fun stuff, but I think it's, you know, more prevalent to talk about the upcoming meta with obsidian flames involved you know going into pittsburgh um you know starting the 2024 season so we're not going to talk about the world's meta even though there are going to be a lot of lists that kind of um you know will be good on both um but i want to kind of talk about a little bit of new stuff because we've been talking about this meta for a while it's starting to get a little stale it's not the worst meta in the world uh, we've definitely been in worse um but obviously whenever you have a you know a meta going in towards the end before 
um, you know, other sets, it starts to get a little stale, especially during World's time, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, I mean, I agree with you. It might be a little bit stale. We have our, you know, you have your your tried and true that you're going to probably see. But, I mean, there is a good, I want to say a good 10 decks that you may see on a given day uh, with some other, you know, other things sprinkled in uh oddities but like there's a good 10 things that i think i'm looking at a list of things in the in the, the meta right now from online as yeah right now that uh could take a tournament if it really wanted to so yeah for sure but we, I, like i said i want to get into something new um a little bit and you know we're going to still talk about some of these same lists uh but with obsidian flames we, we need to talk about some new decks here um, or minus or pluses or minuses. So we first and foremost, I want to get into um, the Charizard deck. Um, you know, we've seen um, some you know early lists come out with like an RC variant. Um, you know, kind of an attacker. Um, what do you think of Charizard so far? Do you think it it's hard enough? You think it's consistent enough? Um, what do you think here? Um, so I mean, we've seen a little bit of dabbling on in videos and such. Um, like you said in video uh, with Arceus builds and things like that it can be because Arceus helps it set up uh, nice and quickly and then it can hit relatively good numbers obviously um, even if it's hitting for 180 um, once you start once the opponent starts taking prizes you start hitting for even better numbers obviously because it just the damage starts um, going higher Um right. I just don't know if it's consistencies there. Um, the the main thing that I look at it and I scratch my head is that um, the deck has six things that it, like, from what I've seen in builds, is there's six things that it wants to rare candy. But you only have, you can only have four copies of rare candy. Right. And, and there's not a way to, I do not believe there's a way to get like a random fifth copy, like returning it or something like that. I just don't, I don't believe that's an option. Right. Uh, right. So that's limiting the amount of actual Charizard you can go to uh, in general, because a lot of them aren't even playing Charmeleon uh, and they're not playing. Pidgeot is the other thing they want to, uh, Pidgeot EX is the other thing they want to rare candy and no one's playing Pidgeotto. Um, so that is my biggest like red flag. I want to say um, right when you have that many evolution lines, um, it's a hard, especially, you know, you want to get, you know, you have options of different Charizards, but obviously it's going to be uh, the EX here generally. Um, so you're going to need, you know, generally you're going to have two attackers, right? Um, and if you're trying to get that Pidgeotto, that's a third. So if you have another rare candy prized um, or God forbid you get two prize, um, you know, you're setting yourself up a little bit uh, for some hardship there. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think the deck is interesting. I think it can definitely hit, uh, like we've kind of talked about already with the energy acceleration. I'm not sure if it's the... I mean, it's good. Um, anytime you can accelerate energies like that, is it's um, out of nowhere. It, it's, it's really good, but I don't know if it's the best energy acceleration we have in the game. I think there's at least two to three more. Um, you, know, you even see in the in the RCS builds that are just kind of better and more consistent. Yeah, um, I agree with you. That's the the it's the kind of like to see how it goes because right now to me it looks like Charizard is basically built around all gas, 
Right. As long as you don't run out, like you'll be good. Um, but if you run out, like it might be a bad time. Like I don't, right. I just don't. I I uh, am excited in the fact that, um, you know, in in the stadium war that we're going to potentially see more Magna Basin because that card is has been so good over the lifespan of of you know the card since it's been out in standard. Uh, but no decks have been able to really take advantage of it, and I, I want to see that card um, flourished, you know, to its full potential because you've never had energy acceleration in a in a stadium before this, I believe. Um, and it's just it's a shame that we haven't seen it being used. Yeah, um, I'm 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 low key. I'm thinking about giving it a shot just because I also kind of want to try something a little bit different from the current meta. And I have, you know, Fire Decks hold the second favorite spot in 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 my uh, favorite things to play. So um, I kind of want to build a Fire Deck, but I want to do it without Arceus. I want to try and find a way to do it without needing to rely on that. Right. Um, I don't necessarily... I the, the big thing is Starbirth, so losing that could be bad. Um, but I'm gonna just replace it with some four seal stones and get mini births. I mean, yeah, I mean, Starbirth uh, does only does it to himself, so you're not going to EXs, but yeah, I mean, I think the problem with decks like this that are you know potentially good, I think it'll probably end up in like the C or B tier, probably. Um, mm -hmm. but the problem now, especially with the news that we talked about earlier with 2024 season. Is if you're seriously trying to make a world's invite, when are you going to actually try a deck like this that's not proven that it like the top end does is not known, but it, it's perceived to not be, you know, S class, you know what I mean? Um, so I have a hard time as a competitive player and and just the amount of time that I'm able to, you know, commit to the game, um, you know, at, at some of these levels where I'm trying to get practice for, you know, this, that, or anything. Um, so it, it, I find it hard for me. Um, to break away from maybe um, decks that I perceive um, that are better that I need more reps with than something like this. So I don't know. I may maybe too much of a coward to try it um, ultimately. Yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, it wouldn't be something that I'm like, all right, I built this. Let me go take it to a challenge and and give her a go. But I mean, some people I mean, do, and and yeah, some people do. Um, I definitely have a crowd. To, I feel good enough that testing it at locals just to see um, if it functions properly. Like, I feel like my local crowd is at least will give me a good test to see if it functions well enough that if I like end up wanting to try it at a challenge, I could make that call. That would be the farthest I would probably take it unless it does well. Uh, right. Maybe it's, maybe I get some false positives out of that. I don't know. Who knows? But um, that's also a thing. That's that's where I would start in general, and where I think I'm going to go with it. Just see how it how it works, maybe, and or you know play it online a little bit. But we'll see how broken live is when Obsidian Flames releases. So, right, okay. So let's move on to the next um, in Arc Pile, um, probably specifically Arc Tina. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of love in you know going um, the since NAIC going into Worlds. Um, you know, other, you know, lots of other podcasts and or, you know, top players are really on Arctina right now. Do you think there's anything, you know, in, you know, Obsidian Flames that will um, you change the opinion there? Or do you think it's just, you know, 
that deck will stay strong or fall off based off of worlds. I don't know if there's anything I really see in Obsidian Flames that will stick around in Arctina. I mean, maybe it tries a Pidgeot in there for fun, but it doesn't run Rare Candy as it is. So Right, right. Um, well, not necessarily to improve the deck, but there's there anything that specifically will hurt the deck in other decks that will make, uh, you know, make it less of a viable deck um, at the top, you know, tier of deck? No, I don't necessarily, unless you know something off the top of my head, I don't think anything in the in Obsidian Flames is going to kind of target Giratina no. in, any, in any way that I think hurts it that much. No, I tend to agree. Uh, I I think Arc Piles uh, in general will still be, you know, really solid, really good. Um, it really, Arceus is like that ultimate deck um, that really just preys on what, you know the known meta is so maybe that's the only thing since the meta won't be as known you won't have those counter pokemon maybe um not necessarily garatina because obviously garatina you know it's never going to hit for weakness or whatever but um you know when the the meta is established with like lugia players uh or lugia's special energies you'll see duraludon come in you know or you know you'll see we've seen gudra we've seen um you know the the other v attackers kind of pop in and out um yeah, I mean, the... Uh, with the meta potentially throwing it one or two de decks in there, um, maybe makes it fall off just a little bit until it establishes itself again. Yeah, I mean, it, it might take a. I don't think there's anything to say that Arc Pile, like kind of how Alex called it at the beginning of, uh, I think, at, at the NAIC, and he had the Arc Pile that kind of countered everything. Mm. With Pokemon, we didn't really necessarily the Vulpix, um, really was the the new thing. But like, I don't think there is like the combination that it's like this is going to counter everything now. Yeah. Um, the the Arc Pile will always evolve. I think that'll be around. I think Arc Dura plus something else is the way where it is. Whether it's Umbreon, um, whether it's Umbreon and Vulpix, or um, just whether it's Dura and Vulpix, but. I think Arc Dura will stick around and then it will add a third that will help counter out everything. And I think Dura sticks around as long as Lugia is still around, which I don't think Lugia is going to go anywhere because Summoning Star and yeah, that energy is acceleration is just so good. It's just too good. Right. I mean, okay, so let's talk about Lugia. Do we think anything adds or subtracts um, to the viability of Lugia as an archetype? Uh, the biggest thing that, that may subtract from that, because Lugia relies a, a lot on basic attackers, right. um, which the thing that will make it wonky is, is how many people want to start using that new Pokemon League headquarters, because mm -hmm. that'll make, it just might make its energy costs weird in that it leaves it more susceptible to not having the energy it needs to Attack yeah, I mean, or getting stalled out or some or boss. I, mean, boss I don't know out. if that's necessarily going to like be a, a hard counter because I, I, don't, uh, I don't think it's a hard counter. Yeah, but it yeah, might yeah. Be something that adds a caveat of play that Alugia needs to work around. Right, especially like late game once like resources are already burned. Um, I could see you know potentially, but um, you know, aside from Lugia's attack and like early game, like um, you know, a stadium here or there or a pump kaboo. 
I don't really seeing like late game it being able to bump stadium. So maybe you'll see a thing there. But if um, that becomes a known thing and RC or Lugia is still like, you know, heavily played deck, I'm sure, you know, those top players that are playing it will be able to navigate and, you know, resource management um, just fine. Um, uh, but the, yeah, that, that, the, 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 the stadium card would be the Pokemon League. What was Pokemon it? Pokemon League headquarters. Yeah, Pokemon League headquarters. I think a lot of people are talking to that card where that card's going to make Lost Box less viable. So I want to talk about, I mean, I guess segue into Lost Box. Um, do we feel um, that that's true? Do we feel that anything is added um, or subtracts from it aside from the from the Pokemon League? I do think it play it, 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 the same reason why I kind of it, essence why I brought it up during Lugia is it kind of will mess with Lost Box a little bit, but primarily late game because the biggest thing this is going to mess with is Sableye. Um, right. The way are the way that uh, what's his name, the Bert Cram Cramoran mm-hmm. is worded doesn't matter. Um, so uh, it still has zero. You you ignore the cost. It doesn't matter how much it is. Uh, you ignore it with his ability. So uh, you're not going to like stop the Cramorant early. Where this comes in is later. Uh, if you, if the, the Lost Box player can't bump this, then the whole like Clara Sableye or Drop Sableye Attach Energy play is, is out the window. I mean, it's not a done deal because um, Ryan has a card that is played in, in in uh lost box usually in in some forms of counts maybe one maybe two usually but that will be able to put two energy on a sable eye in one turn to still be able to do it not ideal for a camera for a lost box player usually with say not it's not usually ideal to use it on sable eye that way um but it is a workaround but it, it is it is a card that will mess with lost box later if they can't bump it um so I, I I see it as a potential helpful counter. I don't it might be something that comes in and out of decks because it's not it's not a uh, it's not a hard counter as it is to something like uh that we've seen things like from you, like that are just like it's not like something you're gonna plop down the path and all of a sudden lost boxes scratching their head like I don't know what to do or something like that. Right. Uh, right. It's not a straight hard counter. It's just a very soft counter. So it is only affecting basics, correct? Am I getting that right? Correct. So I don't know if it's really going to affect Lost Box, really, because there's two variants right now that you're seeing. Um, and the the Lost Garatina, I think it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, to the same point you said, um, Sableyes. Um and I think the one that it potentially could hurt a little bit more is just like Turbo Lost Box. Uh, but the thing with Lost Box is they have a lot of stadium bumps. They have a lot of vacuums. Vacuums. They have a lot of stadiums just to have, you know, you know, just to have, you know, the energy. Mm-hmm. Depending on the build, uh, they could have many different uh, things to bump that. So, um, yes, it could hurt like the Sableye play um, or it could hurt um, like the Raikou or the or the Dragonite if if they're still, you know, viable as just attackers in that metagame in the first place. Um, but there's so many ways to bump the stadiums. I don't think that's going to matter. I think both versions of Lost Box is just kind of going to go through it pretty easily. 
Um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's a traditionally it, it's not a hard like a, definitely not a hard counter like I was saying. Definitely more soft. It's just gonna make the it's gonna make the lost box player day a little bit harder or the next turn a little bit harder. But like there's just one more piece to, of the combo that they need. Yeah, there's many things that lost box um can do to get around it. I mean, I didn't bring up turbo, but turbo just it's mirage gate more energy like. Yeah, Mirage gate more energy, just just vacuum it away. It's it's no big yeah. deal. Um, but one deck that might affect uh get more affected, and again, you're not really seeing it in the meta, is the birds. I think there's two stadium or two cards that really hurt any potential of the birds seeing like a lot of meta play. I saw a few at the challenge. I played against actually my first birds this weekend. Um, which you know, obviously we saw you know it, a big splash at NAIC, but nothing really since. Um, but if if that deck ever had a chance, I think with the potential of you know the the energy costs like I, we we're just talking about with the with the Pokemon Center uh, Stadium, um, and then also with the uh, Ventral Punch um, card, I think those two cards um, are going to see play in the meta, and I think both those kind of cards um, can keep that deck down. Yeah. Um... For sure. I and mean, the, reason... the, the, the league, the league headquarters really kind of messes up with the United Wings because I don't it's generally is relying on basics to attack in general all the time. And it doesn't really want to pay that extra energy. No right. It doesn't want to pay that. And then, I mean, obviously um, it's the, the Flamingos have the high HP, but all the rest of those uh, birds are pretty low. So you can easily kind of, ping them uh for for KOs uh or multiple uh prize turns against that deck. But I bring up Vengeful Punch because there is another deck that I think will be affected by this. Um and we're already kind of seeing the stock fall a little bit um in the last few weeks since NIC and that is uh Gardevoir EX um with you know the baby Gardevoir as well. Um do you think that this Vengeful Punch is enough to keep Guardi um in check a little bit more you think you know it's just it's rise and fall is already kind of happening yeah i do think it's it's definitely something that keeps the the deck a little bit more in check because you're for decks that have i high hp mons um like a I don't even like a Charizard deck or, or or an Arceus deck or anything like that or something with just you know high HP. The Gardevoir in, in essence usually has to get something pretty low on HP um, with enough energy on it to take that knockout. And even if you're trading favorably, even with like the Shining Arcana Gardevoir, like if you're taking two for one, that's not a trade you generally want to make because. You generally still want whatever is in the active. You, you, you might plan on it being there or right. make them actually KO it, not yeah, you, getting you, it knocked out itself and then yeah, them getting to do something are else. Relying on them uh, to say, I'm going to KO this H, this very low HP Mon. Uh, but actually have to use an attack to do it. <laughs> and actually, yeah, exactly. Have to use an attack and use their attack. So the fact that we're getting to get that free knockout and then be able to attack something else that is potentially full health, potentially also weaker. Um, to 
then stifle your board even more, um, that is where it's going to play the biggest game. Right. Like, I mean, I, 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 the future for Gardevoir, um, I just don't, I don't like it. Um, I feel like the deck is already kind of falter. It's not like a Mew deck of the past where Mew was just like BDIF, BDIF, and always super solid. I feel like Gardevoir is not as strong of a deck over its, is you know, going to be over the lifespan of it, uh, you know, of its existence. Um, and cards like this is just definitely, you know, something that I feel like they will keep it down pretty, pretty heavily uh, overall. Um, and I think we'll still see Gardevoirs here and there. Uh, but I, I think we're going to start to see them taper off and kind of, you know, fade in existence. We've seen decks like that, like, um, you know, come up and be really good, like Scorch, and then just die um, after, you know, one or two cards come out to hurt it um, or, you know, subtract cards. So I don't see um guard of war you know staying relevant um i don't know in the foreseeable future in the, in the short term i guess uh the, well the biggest thing i will say is like the senate course was propped up by a, a cracked supporter yeah that was more rotation but that was just so, the first thing that came to mind no, no, I'm, really just, good no, I'm, I, I'm just i'm, I'm trans i'm using your analogy to transition to my point that i think gardevoir the psychic embrace gardevoir is a good enough card that it might keep the archetype type around in general. Like a Gardevoir EX will be played, but yeah. I think the archetype has to evolve away from, let me throw these basics that I can throw a bunch of energy on uh, to take knockouts, but they all die. Like um, it has to evolve to maybe using different other psychic attackers that Gardevoir just kind of like maybe helps charge up with it charge up but energy. not to put that many met energies on to put them at the edge of yeah. death yeah they, they charge up or and then maybe you can heal it or you yeah. know we're yeah the, we're the evolution car... of the deck has to change a little bit from what it currently is uh to keep it around and i think right. if we had, like, if we had like a super that. good like two energy cost like does 200 plus something else psychic attacker i think you know putting one plus a guard of war something to that effect you know not bad um but maybe not trying to reach like these Zashian numbers where it's like, yeah, sure. You killed me, but now I just take two prizes as well. Um, which a lot of times can be a detriment to, to, you know, guard of war players. Cause I, I think Corellia, the, the refinement Corellia line is good enough. I agree with that. A off of guard of war psychic embrace that you just get whatever other attackers that we've evolved into, like literally, maybe literally, literally or figuratively uh, that can not just get instantly clapped back that will be where the deck might need to go. I agree with that. For the future. Uh, 100%. So, okay. Uh, that's enough on Gardevoir. I think there's one more deck, at least, that I want to talk about, saving the best for last, and that is um, probably, you know, my favorite deck that I've ever actually played, and that is Chimpao. As much as I misplayed it this weekend, I think the deck is better than majority of people give it credit for. Um, I still think it's probably, like, high A. Um not quite to S tier, but I think with um, some additions here, obviously the Pidgeotto um, Rare Candy Evolution is really good. There's a few things I want to try out. Um, so obviously the right now, currently before um, Obsidian Flames comes out, there is, um, you know, there's two kind of camps. Is uh, Are you playing Arceus for the consistency? Are you playing Palkia? for you know that backup attacker slash energy acceleration back up to like backs caliber um not being set up right 
Um, or I guess there is a third where it's, it's you know, it's Palkia, Melanie, uh, you know, focus and not so much um, with with the Bax caliber. Um, but if I'm strictly it's talking... Not so, it's not so much Chen Pao focused either. Yeah, but I'm talking the Chen Pao focused decks. Um, I think, you know, with with getting uh, Pidgeotto out there, um, that might free up space for Palkia. So you kind of have best of both worlds where you're you're getting that consistency that Arceus, um, you know, can, can can give you. But then you also have Palkia out there that can give you that backup, uh, backup just in case you lose like a, a Frigibax or something like that, right, before you can evolve. Um, I know a lot of people think the deck is bad because rare it's reliant on rare candy. Um, but to those people, I think you're just dead wrong because you have Iono, or you, I keep saying Iono. <laughs> I, I keep misplaying again. So, but you have Irida. Irida is such a good card. That card is busted. Um, and you, we've seen it so good when it first came out uh, with the original Palkia Intel lines. Um, it just makes the deck so, roll so well. Um, and then having like a Pidgeotto out there, you could potentially find find the Irida for the rare candy and, you know, your back's caliber, uh, but the rare candy, you know, finds Pidgeotto or something. And then, you know, what was something like that. And then you could use Pidgeotto's of, of ability again and again after that to continuously just find the cards. Um, so are you going to take the Pidgeotto out at that point? Or are you going to try to focus on the energy acceleration or just kind of keep up with the, the two prizers? Um, I think that that could work. Um, Obviously, there's testing that needs to be done, but that's the deck that, I mean, obviously, I, it's no secret. That's the deck that I've been on. That's the deck that I'm most excited about, um, and that's what I w definitely want to try, um, and I think it could put it, you know, a little bit of a notch higher uh, than it currently is, so um, don't be scared of rare candies, uh, because this deck has an easy way to find them. Yeah, no, um, you're, on a, you're on a good point there with that, so um, you said it all that I don't really need to back you up anymore besides that irida is anyone who complains about finding your rare candy in the irida play deck like it shouldn't be yeah i mean rare That's candy just, just in an irida candy. deck or rare candy in like a, an evolving deck like guard of war i think is perfectly fine to play um so if you ever i mean it doesn't necessarily be, be irida but any card like that that is a trainer that can just search it uh guaranteed um still feels pretty good so um yeah, I mean, don't be scared of rare candy. I think that card is underrated and really good. Uh, and I know a lot of people in the community just don't like rare candy. Get used to it because we're getting closer to most decks playing it. Is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan of rare candy and and being wrapped around it. But let's be honest. We want to play stage two. Is there's not a better option at the moment. So, right. Exactly. <laughs> 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 we gotta, you gotta, gotta work with it. Gotta, gotta work, work with it. it. I'm excited. I, I, I've typically liked rare candy decks that I've played. Obviously, uh, when we first started playing with uh, tag teams and and things like that, there's no chance that that kind of deck would work. Uh, but right now, it's 100 percent viable to play a deck with rare candy in it. Yeah, 100. All right. So I think that's it for the archetypes. Unless I'm missing anything, I can't think. Uh, you have any other cards, decks? That you want to highlight for this? Uh no, no, not at all. I think we've talked about everything that we need to. 
Right. Yeah. So next week we will go a little bit more into the metagame uh, up into worlds and our kind of opinions on those decks, um, you know, a, as they currently stand or where we, we see things. But um, yeah, I think it was a uh, all about worlds. Me that is worlds. Oh yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we should do another draft like we did because with the push for the 2024 season, I, I feel like it's a really, um, tall punishment for somebody to have to play with uh horrible cards when we're trying to you know really push so i'm kind of on the fence there maybe we can still do like a draft but have some kind of different punishment eh, it might be i don't know uh we we could talk we talk about it whenever but sure. uh, we get we get whatever uh we come up with whether we just draft and or just uh decide who pick winners or something like that It'll, but either way next week's be going to be world focused and a lot of predicting a lot of breaking down of what we think might do well, what we're going to see. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys for hanging out uh, till the end. And yeah, I can't wait to talk about worlds uh, next week and, you know, kind of get our takes and see where we go from there. But um, again, thank you guys. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See you. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast. Uh, if as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Pinux1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWhimsy. You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokePod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We will see you all next time. See you later.